Did you ever think being a woman who wanted it all would be so hard? I didn't either. That's why my guests and I are unveiling the issues and challenging the norms of modern womanhood with the intention of exploring and publicly airing the uncomfortable and the unspoken. No topic is taboo as we search for answers to the questions that most people are too ashamed to ask. Welcome to Single at 30, the manual for the modern woman. So, are you in? Can the modern woman have it all? I'm Nicole Colantoni, and this is something I seriously often ask myself as a 30-something single woman who, like most women who grew up in my generation, was sold the idea that I could literally have it all. Fairy tales told us that there was a Prince Charming who would suddenly sweep us off our feet, giving us our very own happily ever after. Our education system even groomed us to believe that good grades equaled success in the real world, as only those who attended the hallowed halls of Sandstone Universities had a chance of becoming somebody someday. Even Hollywood movies and the advent of social media encouraged us to think we could have a killer body and a wardrobe to match. Basically, we all felt that the Beyoncés, the Ruth Bader Ginsburgs, and the Kim Kardashians of the world were not just women to be inspired by, but women we could become. And definitely before the age of 30, right? So... Can we have it all? I'll get to that at the end of the episode, but before that, here's my story and the motivation behind Single at 30, the manual for the modern woman. The first time I ever fell in love was no joke in kindergarten with a boy named Simon. I remember it so clearly, even though it was a short-lived romance, because in order to protect his safety from my unrequited and aggressive affections, the teachers literally permanently separated me from him in class. So obviously, because I was unable to continue chasing him around in the hopes of kissing him, I was heartbroken. When I finally did get my first kiss, though, it was when I was nine years old, on holiday in Fiji, with a boy named Matthew while playing Spin the Bottle. It was another short-lived romance, about 30 seconds to be exact, as after locking lips with me, he redirected his attentions to an older girl staying at the same hotel as us. And then, my first relationship started when I was 12, on another family holiday, with a 14-year-old boy who I would go on to date on and off for six years. As much as I seriously don't want to admit it these days, him and I were high school sweethearts. I still remember losing my virginity to him in the same room as another couple who were having sex uncomfortably close to us. I was 15, and in order to seduce me, he turned around in bed and said, See, baby, they're doing it. It literally still cringes me out today. Although it wasn't particularly romantic, though, it worked. Thankfully, that was the last of my puppy love. The next boyfriend I had was like heroin. Let's call him Nathaniel. If I didn't get my hit, I would lose my mind. Imagine a roller coaster ride without the seatbelt and with way too much alcohol. That sort of high was unsustainable. We broke up after close to three years, and like any junkie, I spent what seemed like forever coming down. After Nathaniel, I remained celibate, although still dating, for about seven long years. And that's when I saw it all. Growing up, my dad, like most girls' dads, told me one day I would have men lining up around the corner to date me. He wasn't wrong because it feels like I've dated literally every Tom, Dick and Harry, from billionaires to BDSM enthusiasts, and at 30, I'm still swiping right. But my story isn't actually just a litany of men I've dated, and neither is my reasoning for creating SAT. Navigating life as a modern woman has proven to be much more complex than that. Not only are we expected to have success in dating and ultimately raising a family before we reach our supposed use-by date, but we're also told we should have higher education and thriving careers. And yet, it doesn't actually always go that way. When I finished my university, I so clearly remember how I was ready to take on the world, but my first job landed me in the office of a white-collar criminal who was misusing government funds and looting the developed world from behind his desk. 
After a highly, highly stressful redundancy negotiation where I worried I would get a call from the police, I floated between lowly paid and soul-destroying corporate and creative roles for what really truly felt like an eternity. I had side hustles too, but none that actually took off. They were costly though, because to work on my business, a wellness brand at the time, I literally lived out of my car and on my brother's floor for over a year. I ate cooked onions and boiled eggs for dinner and had one outfit on rotation. I traded weekends and holidays so I wouldn't have to sell my soul working to fulfill someone else's dream and spent my downtime crying on the phone to my dad, wondering when I would get my big break. But when I couldn't get through a day without a mental breakdown, I seriously started to wonder how people over the age of 50 managed to survive that long. And yet, despite these hurdles, and maybe even a little bit foolishly, I refused to believe I would become a so-called failure. Instead, I literally became obsessed with figuring out what made some people thrive and others merely survive. And so I went back to university to study coaching and psychology, and after graduating, tried to figure out how some women, with little to no education and even less material means, led genuinely happy and fulfilled lives, while others who seemingly have it all struggle to find any sense of purpose or connection. It was then I realized we, as modern women, were missing something. So instead of the overnight success stories we're constantly inundated with, I wanted answers to practical questions, like whether or not freezing my eggs was a good insurance policy, and how to get out of student debt, or whether it'd be wise to bankroll my life with afterpay. I also wanted to know how to have a healthier relationship with not only myself, but with my friends, families, and guys I was seeing. I wanted to find a way to be fulfilled at work without having to sell my soul. I basically concluded I needed a one-stop shop to give me the insight and tools required to not just tick society's imposed boxes, but confidently be myself and achieve my dreams regardless of whatever my past circumstances were. And through my coaching, I saw other women needed the same thing. So I made the decision to give up the security of the 9 to 5 and decided to trade paychecks for purpose by founding Single at 30, the manual for the modern woman. Each season, my inspiring guests and I, from renowned entrepreneurs to trailblazers behind worldwide movements, will be unveiling the issues and challenging the norms of modern womanhood. My intention is to use our life experiences and the lessons we've learned to help create a community of like-minded modern women so we can successfully navigate life together. So at the beginning of this episode, I asked, can the modern woman have it all? My answer is yes, but I think we need a definitive how-to, a one-stop shop to help us, which is why I've made it my mission to create just that. Welcome to Single at 30, the manual for the modern woman that we are writing together. I don't have all the answers, but together with you, I'm hoping to find them. So, are you in? Thank you so much for listening to this Single at 30 introductory episode, Can the Modern Woman Have It All? On our first episode, Why It's Good to Be Single at 30, I'll be exploring the history of coupledom and why we might not need Prince Charming to find our happily ever after, after all. If you enjoyed this introductory episode, please leave a review and hit follow and subscribe. If you have a question that you want answered, DM me on Instagram at single underscore at underscore 30 or join the Single at 30 closed Facebook group to become part of the community where together with other like-minded modern women, we publicly air the uncomfortable and the unspoken.